This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, along with Matt, who's joining me today to talk about some football. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Glad you're back. Missed you last week, but... We're here now, and we got some uh, more NFL news for you guys today. Big so, money. Big money, big money this week. And uh, first thing we're going to talk about, um, reported by Adam Schefter, first and foremost, um, on June 6th, Eagles are giving Carson Wentz a four-year, $128 million contract extension that includes guarantees over $107 million. Wentz total, Wentz's total deal is now six years for $154 million. So... I want to start with you, and then we'll get to my take here. Sure. What do you think initially when you first heard of this deal? Well, they're going out on a limb. This is this is definitely a risk considering his injury issues over the past couple seasons. That being said, uh, I think he's definitely worth the money. You know, he's shown what he can do when healthy, when providing for the team. Uh, you know, obviously, you consider. The year he went down when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles steps in. You know, everyone expects the Eagles to take an early exit to the playoffs. They end up winning the Super Bowl, so you start to question like how much is his value to the team really? But I would say, considering he was he was there up until I believe it was Week Ten, Week Eleven, when he went down against the Rams. Uh, you know, he was dominant. He was keeping them in games. He was pulling away in games. He he was doing he was doing great. He was an integral piece of that offense. Obviously, any quarterback will be, you know, important to their offense. But he was he was leading it. He was confident, especially for such a young player, uh, in his first couple of years. And I gotta say, I think uh, I think it's a wise investment to put this money in now. I think as long as he can stay healthy, which is obviously obviously a big if. But if he can stay healthy, uh, you know, he'll lead that offense for years to come. So my opinion on this, I think it is. One of the, 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 it's the Eagles' best interest right now to put the money into Carson Wentz at the moment. And honestly, when this move first came out, it was never a matter of, oh, is this a good move or a bad move? It was a move that was kind of like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, like that's something the yeah. Eagles should have done, and they got it done as soon as his fifth year came around. And they would have to, you'd have to negotiate probably paying him after this year, and they got it done now. Next up in line is probably Jared Goff and Dak Prescott, and who, and you know, those guys have have some different, um, you know. <clears throat> Not a lot of people know exactly what those guys are worth um, in terms of their style of play. Carson Wentz, however, had an MVP caliber season that was cut short because of that Rams game, like you mentioned before, and then we tore his ACL, LCL. It completely blew out his knee. And Nick Foles kind of took the helm, and that kind of set him up for getting a brand new contract with the Jaguars. And, you know... People tend to forget that was an MVP year for Carson Wentz. If he didn't go down, it was unanimous MVP. I still think to this day it should have been MVP Carson. straight up for, for Carson Wentz. Yeah, regardless of how he got hurt or not. I know it's whether, you know, it's about your team success and, and whatnot. But, you, you know, I feel like the year that he had, if you could compare that to Carson Wentz, the dude was electrifying, he escaped tackles, he ran around the field, and that's the guy you really want to see win MVP or Offensive Player of the Year and that caliber type, you know, award winner, and it didn't happen. And since it since it didn't happen, he never got that award. Again, like I said before, people tend to forget that he had that type of year. This is a great thing that they did, putting money into him. As a Giants fan, and you got to see this guy twice a year, and he puts up a great year each and every year, and he's a humble dude. Tormenting. It's hard to not like this guy. Like, yeah. he's the type of guy I would want on my team. Yeah, you no, know he's what I mean? a very likable person off the field. And uh, you gotta you gotta consider also <clears throat> all these quarterbacks around the league who are due very soon for big money contracts. It's kind of it's kind of a good move on the Eagles' part to get this out of the way before all these other quarterbacks get their money. Because you know, once once all these other contracts get out, it's only going to be more that you're going to have to pay your guy, you know, to comp- to compete and compare with all the other contracts going around. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he's probably up for a big contract soon. Um, Let's see. Uh, Brady is going to get renewed probably in the next year or so. Um, you know, you have all these guys who are earning these big, big money contracts and and you know well deserved. But you know, 
realistically for the team's sake you want to spend as as little money as possible so you can so you can allocate your uh you know your salary cap accordingly you don't want to blow all your money on one guy and then uh before before to get rid of players that mean a lot to the team because you don't have enough to pay them under the salary cap. Yeah, it's great that you mentioned that because another thing I wanted to point out is that this is a team friendly contract for for the Eagles. So it's not even like it's killing their cap as much as they think they they are. I feel like Carson Wentz is you know, he's the type of guy that's going to want to put the team first before himself. And you don't see a lot of players like that um, as of late. Um, a lot of people want to play for their money. And by all means, I'm on that train 100%. Go get your money. Because even though you want to play for championships, at the end of the day, you want to make money outside, off the field. Because what is the NFL going to do for you after you get some after you get CTEs and a bunch of concussions and these lifelong injuries that you have to deal with? Um, all you have left is, is the money to pay for all those you know, you know, rehabilitation or just mental health. You you really need that, especially considering uh, I believe the average NFL career length is about three and a half years. So you know, a lot of these guys, uh, you, you look at the big names and the you know the tenured guys who are who have long careers, barring injury. There are a lot of guys who are lucky to make a team, let alone make a practice squad, you know. And considering that in, in today's NFL, literally when someone hits the age of 30, we're all like, oh, he's way too old. 30 years old in NFL standards is, is pretty old. Yeah. And to me, I, I, it's weird how pe- people find that a prime, like your prime ages are from like 28 to 30. Within those two years, that's your prime. You're going to really put it together around that time. I feel like when you hit 30, you still got some gas up in the tank, man. I, I feel like especially when you hit 34, people are still considering that to be old. I mean... Well, then again, it also depends on your position. Yeah. Like... I mean, quarterback is pretty yeah, tough. It's like a tough position. I don't know. Running backs or, you know, linemen. Oh, yeah. Their careers cut short fast. Yeah, because, you know, they're, they're taking the brunt of it. Yeah. That's a lot of wear and tear that you got to consider, you know, uh, as opposed to some guys who aren't getting hit as often, aren't, you know... Taking the brutal, uh, the brutal impacts. You know, their their careers are naturally going to be longer because they're taking less wear and tear. Um, I, I just last thing I want to say on this contract, and yeah. you know, we can I can, you can bounce off this a little bit if you want to. Yeah. I, I just really like this contract for the fact that all the talent that's surrounded by them that that they had in that Super Bowl is still around. Carson Wentz is the guy they wanted to play for. Luckily, Nick Foles was there um, for them to play for because he kind of you know, made the team feel confident that, oh, we could still win a championship, even if this guy is at quarterback and we lose our star guy. And now Carson Wentz is back, and they're going to do everything that they can to make sure this guy makes a Super Bowl and doesn't have to sit out and watch his teammates win. So giving him this contract, they have the confidence in him to, you know, put everything together and make this team the way they were, you know, what was it, two years ago now? Yeah. That Super Bowl happened? Well, And yeah. I'm, I'm sure they can go Long back and win it again. Year. Yeah, before this year. So I'm pretty sure... at a drop of a hat, these guys can turn it up at any point during the season and flip a switch. If Carson Wentz is 100% healthy, again, ACL ACL surgery and ACL tears stick with you for a while in your career, um, but the way they handled his injury, he was back on the field pretty quickly. So as long as you know this guy's healthy, he can be on the field, he's with his teammates, by all means give him that money. Because yeah. there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that are going to end up getting that money, maybe even more um, from the market um, just because it's being set. Just because someone is paid that amount of money. So, for example, Russell Wilson, who just got paid over $30 million a year for over the four years, um, that sets a new market for everyone else. And, well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. It's mostly next guy up, and we've said that multiple <clears> times <throat> on this on this podcast that that's the case. So I just want to hear real quickly what Carson Wentz had to say um, about his contract extension here. Let me just reset the video. Uh-huh. What's up, Eagles Nation? Can't even explain to you how excited I am right now um, to be a part of this great city for this many more years. Uh, It means the world to me. Uh, From the moment I got drafted here, I knew this place was special. I knew they had the most passionate fans in the world in in all of sports. Um, And I knew we had the opportunity to to build something truly special here. And um, to be cemented here for this much longer uh, means the world to me. Uh, I want to thank my good Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, first and foremost, um, for just giving me this this opportunity and these blessings. I want to thank my wife. Uh, She's been amazing. She's been my rock. She's been my biggest supporter um, throughout all of this, my friends, my family as well. I want to thank Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Coach Peterson, the entire organization, all of my teammates for supporting me. Um, it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, by no means is the work done. We're just getting started. This year is going to be special, and I look forward to seeing you guys uh, on Sundays at the link this fall. Thanks again. God bless, and uh, go Eagles. So I feel like now is a pretty good time to mention 
Now that Nick Foles is gone, he's on the Jaguars. Yes. And um, he's officially taken the field um, after the, uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances that have happened between him and his family. But he's finally back out there. Um, and again, that, that guy has a lot on the line right now because he has a, a massive contract for a team that still has yet to pay a lot of players. Um, that's that's going to be an issue. Left. Yeah, that, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. So as long as this guy's able to provide, I feel like everyone's going to be able to hold off a little bit. But again, I wanted to talk about the rest of the Jaguars and how this affects them. So uh, some recent news that came out uh, on the 11th. Today is the 12th, so yesterday. Um, Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey tells reporters that he will not get a contract extension this year. The team notified him of this decision along with his agent. So, he's not the only one affected by this because Telvin Smith ultimately quit football this year. Like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I think like a month back or or something like that, a little more than a month. And Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I'm saying yeah, it right. Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. I'm saying, yeah, I was saying it right. So, yeah. I don't know why it sounded wrong coming out. but I, I only know that because he's a Maryland alum. Yeah. So, he he's come out and said, oh, I haven't been to camp Uh you know he hasn't been to OTAs. A lot of a lot of players don't go to OTAs, but he was, hasn't been showing up to mandatory minicamp because he's aware that his contract disputes haven't been put together. Right. And the fact that Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey, and Yannick Ngakwe haven't put together um, a, a contract that can make them satisfied with the way um, they're going to be going into the season with that organization, um, it's a little concerning. Uh, I'm not sure if Nick Foles is the sole purpose for that, but. It's a shame because these are players you really want to keep on your team, and it's unfortunate Telvin Smith had to leave. Jalen Ramsey, if he hits the free agent market, he's going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the cornerbacks in the league. Um, again, he's coming off his rookie contract as his fifth year, um, and on top of that, um, you don't want to use Anik Ngakwe because I have a stat here um, from Field Yates. I'm just missing it here. All right, so most sacks amongst players. Uh, drafted in 2016. Number one is Indique Ngakwe with 29.5. Number two is Joey Bosa, 28.5. Three is Chris Jones, 24. It's good company to be in. Yeah. Four, DeForest Buckner, uh, 21. And five, Matt Judon, 19. It's phenomenal. Um, so the fact that Indique Ngakwe is number one on a team that has now drafted one of the best defensive players um, in the draft, um, some may say he should have been taken much earlier than he did, but is Josh Allen uh, out of Kentucky. So good thing he's on his rookie deal now because – Everything you're going to want out of him, he's going to do. Um, it's just unfortunate that these other guys who really want to be taken care of and, you know, have their money as well as have the motivation to play for a team, they don't have that now. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, as a team. 100%, yeah. As a team, you don't want that. No. Um, I honestly thought coming into this year, um, as soon as – literally, this was one of my – predictions uh as soon as nick Foles hit the free agent market a lot of people thought he was going to go to the cardinals and the cardinals were just going to stack their team with a bunch of players in free agency that didn't end up happening and um one of the options that was open uh was the jaguars and i knew right away that that was a team need, needed needy of a quarterback they weren't going to keep blake bortles and that was well known especially after they signed that contract with him i knew they wanted out of them out of him right away and so, lo and behold, Blake Bortles signs a, signs a deal uh, with the Rams to be a backup quarterback, and Nick Foles comes along, and he gets a massive contract worth around $88 million or something like that, yeah. from what I remember. And I immediately thought, hey, the Jaguars had a quarterback who they did not want to play for, because whenever he's on the field, either he throws an interception and the defense has to go right back out there, or it's just unmo it's unmotivating at all to see a quarterback who should be putting points on the board and getting the defense hype to go back out there for the next possession wasn't happening and these guys didn't want to play for him and again he's on the offense so even though he's on the opposite side of the ball um it is a pretty big uh, contribution that he makes to the team and they don't want to play for a guy like that nick Foles comes in that's a guy you want to play for super bowl champion super bowl mvp as a backup quarterback against tom brady he has everything on his resume that you want in a quarterback to play for and um now these guys are having to go through this it's it's a shame yeah it's it's not ideal the uh and and just to just to go off what you said about uh <clears throat> about Nick Foles. <clears throat> Let's not forget uh, uh just a few years ago, if you had asked me earlier in this earlier in that season where he won the Super Bowl, <clears throat> if you could get if if you could see him getting a contract worth nearly even half of what he's getting now. Obviously, I would have thought that was ridiculous, you know. Yeah. He had he didn't have that Super Bowl under his belt. So it, it, it's it's a matter of what you consider when signing these guys and when bringing them in. You, you, you think like, oh, what have, what have they done in the past and what can they do for me? But then again, it's not always clear, you know, on the offset, 
you know, when you're building a team, there's a lot of risks you're taking. There's a lot of holes you're filling with guys that you don't know for sure. I can see you're pulling up the uh, the Jalen. Yeah, that's when he first notified right uh, the press over there in Jacksonville um, that his agent notified him um, as well as the organization that he will not be getting a contract this year. So I'm going to play that for you guys now. And we've, you know, they've had dialogue, of course. But as far as I know, um, I've been letting know that I won't be getting a contract extension. Uh, so, yeah. This year all? This year. I will not be getting a contract extension this year. Y'all take it. Uh, however y'all may want to take that. Um, oh, my fault. Here, let's do that again. Uh, this organization, as long as I'm a part of Duval County, I'm going to give the city uh, and the players all I got. And I think y'all know that. Uh, I'm in a similar situation as John is where I have, I feel like I have outplayed my rookie contract. Um, and I feel I've earned a new a new contract, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. I'm I'm tremendously blessed. Information given to you is why I mean they don't have the money now that they've had. It's all the money's always there, my guy. <laughs> money's always there. But like I said, that's all I'll say about it. I'm happy to be here. I mean, I'm better, not going to say he's wrong. The it, money is always there. It's just a matter of how they do it. Yeah, it's a better response than I would have expected out of him. Oh, yeah, 100%. But yeah. that's the type of answer you give to an organization that you want to keep playing for. That You're not going to flip out on them. Yeah. But there was a tweet that came out. I'm not sure if you saw it from Jalen Ramsey himself. Do you, do you think he wants to be there long term? Uh, I think he does. I feel like he, that's the place where he was drafted. That's the place where he put up his you know, defensive player of the year type caliber seasons where that's a top three cornerback in the league. And he still is considered that guy. I mm -hmm. feel like due to you know some bad circumstances last year, um, where, again, Blake Bortles was playing there, and he, he's even come out and said that he's not a guy he wants to play for. Um, but, you know, I, I think he still wants to stay there. As long as he says the money's there, I feel like whatever money is presented to him mm -hmm. that's reasonable enough that he still wants to play for the, the organization, um, I think he's he's going to want to stay. That's, all right, that's a fair point. Yeah, fair point. But, again, if there's another team willing to give him the amount of money that he wants. He's just gonna, I feel like he's that type of player who's going to play 10 times harder just because they gave him that amount of money. Um, yeah, so I couldn't really find the tweet here, but he was just saying that, uh, you know, I'm going to ask for so much money, um, something like that. I heard it on ESPN this morning, but I couldn't really find it. But, yeah, man, uh, it's a shame for the Jaguars. I really hope they put it back together because I say it all the time. These guys were one play away from making it to the Super Bowl. And then uh, the Patriots came through, and Stephon Gilmore made an amazing play. Um, classic Patriots fashion. Classic Patriots fashion. Of course, it's Stephon Gilmore who yep. has up and down seasons. That's a t that's the type of play that, you know, makes you forget about the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, the team has to sign eventually Jalen Ramsey, Unique Ngakwe, Miles Jack, who everyone tends to forget, um, Telvin Smith, who is not going to be playing this year. Um, so so Nick Foles is going to be making $22 million per year, and that's going to be a little tough on their cap space. Again, I don't have their cap in front of me, but I know they're in one of the low tier. Um, you, you know, out of all the teams going into next year, that their salary cap isn't too flexible. So I actually do have it in front of me. Uh, yeah, the Jaguars are last in the league in cap space. Um, they're going to have nine million in oh. cap space, nine point nine million in cap space, um, and then they've already spent around two hundred million. And yeah, it's not not a good situation. Yeah, no, not idea at all. They have, yeah, they they don't have any dead money to be, you know, being paid to anyone. But they're last in the league in cap space. They don't have a lot of room. No. Not at all. So, tough situation it for put, the Jaguars. It, put, it puts them in a sticky area. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's not a place you want to be in. Um, I really hope these guys don't rebuild from scratch because the way Nick Foles, his career is going about, he's got a good couple years left on yeah. his contract. Like, yeah. solid years. MVP caliber years that he could have. Especially considering how close they've gotten. Yeah. That was their missing piece. It was a shame to have to tear it all down now. Yeah, it, it would be a shame. Because that's yeah, that defense is what insane. Could have been. Yeah, and the fact that Josh Allen was taken off the board where he was taken off, there I was were, like, this defense is unstoppable. There were at least a few teams ahead of them who were strong contenders to take Josh Allen that for some reason didn't. Yeah, uh, the Giants included. 
Yeah, very true. Yeah. Which I still to this day think the Giants should have taken him. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Lord, Lord knows Daniel Jones would have been available at seventeen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a shame, but actually, I'm kind of glad we got Dexter Lawrence at seventeen. Yeah, um, that's fair. But anyway, speaking of money and how <laughs> money is always there, the Saints are always doing some power moves on getting their players signed and getting their money. Am I hearing about Michael uh, Thomas? No, uh, Michael Thomas. He's the next guy up. Um, and isn't he on his fifth year also? Because he was he wasn't drafted too not too long ago, so he's probably next up to get big money. Close as a wide receiver. Um, so Saints, this came out this week. Cam Jordan will sign a three-year extension worth up to fifty-five point five million dollars, and forty-two million of that is guaranteed. Um, this is coming from Adam Schefter himself. He's locked in with New Orleans through twenty twenty-three. Uh, Michael Thomas is likely next man up for some big money. Regardless of the numbers, it's not surprising. I. I really couldn't even imagine Cam Jordan going anywhere else. He, oh, not he, at all. He identifies heavily with New Orleans. He loves the team. You know, he he is uh, his persona is built around uh, the the Saints. Uh, He's also been with atmosphere. the Saints for a very very long time. I think his entire career. Oh yeah, yeah, his entire career, and he was much older than I thought. But the fact that this dude is putting the numbers he is putting oh, well, up at his age. He's a, he's a vet. Yeah, he's a stud. He's he's a he's a he's a vet. But I'm gonna make sure. Uh, yeah, you, you want to pull up uh, his exact number on when he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, that, now, that, now that I have, yeah. I, don't, I don't have to assume anymore. I've been going back on some episodes, and I was just like, I was this close to being right, and I wasn't. Yeah. Um, well, he's 29. Yeah, so he's 29 years old. Again, not too old. Um, he's a four-time pro bowler from 2013, 2015, 27, and 18. Um, he's been with the team since 2011. Um, that's a good amount of time for um, a, a defensive player. Um He's had 40, 410 total sacks, 71.5 sacks. Um, I think, I don't know, how does that do? That's, uh, this is NFL, NFL statistics uh, as of week 17, 2018. He has 10 forced fumbles, 9 fumble recoveries, 2 interceptions, 1 defensive touchdown. Um, so this guy's putting up numbers. Um, and as a defense in, you know, in New Orleans... Those those guys are putting together a pretty solid team, I would say. There's nothing quite like when when the big guy gets the touchdown, when the big guy gets the. Oh my gosh, touchdown. dude, that's like probably the one of the most exciting yeah. plays I think hands down in that, the NFL. That, that's his, because you know when it happens, because it doesn't happen often. When no, when the big not. guy gets the gets the touchdown, that's that's the moment of his career, you know. Yeah, very true. And sometimes it happens multiple times, but yeah. those guys they live for that. Like that oh, gets yeah. them hype. Like the second they go back out on the field. Um, I, I, I they're, almost, they're going to want to do the same thing. They're I almost never uh, root for the Patriots, but back in the day, uh, the Pats were playing, I think it was the Packers, and the Pats had this offensive lineman named Dan Connolly. Oh, yeah, he had the kickoff return. He had a kickoff for return. For like 73 yards. Yeah, and he was he got tackled about five yards out of the end yep, zone. But yep. I was, I, that was the one time I was disappointed the Pats didn't score a touchdown because I wanted that big lineman. To take it all, just take uh, the kickoff return to the house, especially when he wasn't even intended to obviously receive the kickoff. Yeah, so let me play this one clip of Cam Jordan uh, shortly after his Let's signing. I mean, we might dance tonight. <laughs> My son's fourth birthday might be a little better today. My daughter turns one tomorrow, so somebody's going to have a heck of a birthday. I love this place. Uprooting isn't really an option for me. Um, I've been able to be a part of all of it, uh, except the Super Bowl. So that's where we're headed towards. Damn, that makes me more excited for them to catch a Super Bowl. But coming into this year, not too sure, man. They're, they have a pretty hard no. schedule coming into this year, so it's going to be tough. Yeah. But you want, you want to pull it up real quick? Schedule? Uh, their schedule? Yeah, I can pull that up real quick. But while I do that, I'm going to read their stats off. Uh, sorry, Cam Jordan's stats. Yep. Um, even though I mentioned it before, I'll do it again. So Cam Jordan's uh, Cam Jordan has never missed a game in his nine-year career. Very impressive. Very impressive, um, especially as a defensive player. You have, you're have you dinged up each and every day. 409 tackles, 71.5 sacks, like I mentioned before, 10 forced fumbles, 9 fumble recoveries, 4-time Pro Bowler, 1st Team All-Pro in 2017, 2nd Team All-Pro in 2018, um, which is questionable. I think he didn't even like that call. But uh, leader on the field and in the locker room, well-deserved extension. So let's look up here. Saints 2019 schedule yep let's just double check on this real quick uh so this is the preseason so they open um on september 9th against the texans uh should we uh give our give our uh predictions try to figure out an estimated i record? mean i'll run through it um right. sure but i definitely see some tough some tough games coming on so you, right. you got texans saints right. um opening day i can't really give my 
predictions <laughs> because last year was last year. I really got to see That's fair. Um, how they're putting it together this year because teams change it up each and every year. So you got Saints, Rams, rematch there um, the following week on the 15th. Uh, Saints, Seahawks uh, for week three on the 22nd of September. 29th of September, they're up against the Cowboys. Buccaneers, uh, in division game, um, October 6th. Um, October 13th, uh, they're versing the, uh, the the Jaguars, and they versus the Bears, uh, followed by the Cardinals, Falcons, back to Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons again. Um, so a good stretch of only division games. Yeah. Uh, so and is that then, four weeks of, of just division? Yeah. So one after another. So, yeah. so the four weeks, they got Falcons <clears throat> twice. That's, that's brutal. They got Falcons twice, Bucks and Panthers as well. In, their entire November is just division. Yeah, and then they have 49ers following those division games, followed by the Colts, who is my <clears throat> super early Super Bowl uh, prediction Colts. Uh, to be a winner. Yeah, the Colts. Hmm. Um, then Titans, uh, Week 15, and then the Panthers, Week 16, final division game. Um, so a pretty tough schedule. They're mostly rematching a lot of uh, teams that they visited last year Yeah. Um, towards, towards the playoff run that they had. Uh, it doesn't look too bad. I think they can get some decent wins out of this, especially in division. But those are the those are the games you have to win. When it's games outside of your division, you really need to tough it out and really win those games. So, yeah, uh, they'll they'll have a good schedule going into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Good uh, good record. Yeah. So, I want to get into something exciting real quick because we've we've talked about this on this show, and I don't think it was when you were here, but I definitely talk about it with you off air. Sure. Um, I was wondering who, this year who was going to be on Hard Knocks, right? And some you of the now. some of the potential teams were Redskins, Giants, Raiders. I really wanted the Raiders to be in, and that's exactly who's going to be on this year's. That's what happened. Season of Hard, hard Knocks. I almost said Had Knocks. Had Knocks. Uh, <laughs> hard Knocks will be with the Oakland Raiders. It debuts Tuesday, August sixth. Should be a fun one. Now, um, we have Antonio Brown. Yeah, Gruden, Montez, perfect. John Gruden, Mike Mayock. Richie Incognito. Richie Incognito, who was recently signed. This is going to be a mess. Yeah, it's it's going to be a And I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. And it's, so John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders are going to be on Hard Knocks this summer, um, which is official. They are the second AFC West team to be featured on the HBO series. Um, the last one was Kansas. This is the Kansas City Chiefs in 2007. A while ago. A very long time ago. 12 years. If you were to ask me... I feel like this is going to be their most watched HBO season, like of Hard Knocks. I think of all time. Browns you have a lot of personalities big. here. Browns was big. Browns was a big Last one. Year. And honestly, it could be a negative because you have all those cameras inside. And you know, well, Hugh, Hugh Jackson was on the hot seat for a very, very long time. Yeah. And being on Hard Knocks may or may not have helped that out. Um, but you're really rooting for some players that were trying to make get a spot on the on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for this season, it's going to be a, a different scenario where you're actually getting players who were recently signed to the team, especially an all-new revamped team. Um, it's the second year of John Gruden signing that 10-year, $100 million contract. Mike Mayock recently came in as well to help out with the draft. Um, and they drafted very interestingly as well, so I really want to see these new guys and how they contribute to the team. But for the faces that we have seen around the league who are now coming together like Perfect and Antonio Brown, that's going to be very, very interesting, especially with cameras around because we know how Antonio Brown can be um, with the spotlight on him. Yeah. It is different too because – Especially uh, last year, the hard the Browns on Hard Knocks. They had just come off their winless season in twenty uh, in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yep. And um, the thing about that is that it painted this whole underdog story. Oh, you know, how can they come back from this? And they had the whole narrative of Hugh Jackson running into the river because he said he would, and uh, you know, all these uh, inspirational moments and storylines. Because the the team had just been so bad. Meanwhile, this this year it, it's less of oh look at this team that was just abysmal. Try to pick it up and you know put it back together. More, it's just that this is a very like hot blooded. This is a very interesting scenario. A melting pot of all these different uh, personalities, and you know it's more. Let's see where this goes in in terms of drama. You know. People, no one really has any idea how this team is going to be. They don't think it's going to be that bad. They're not saying it's going to be that good. They just know that it's going to be interesting. 
it's definitely going to be interesting. Do you think this is more of a benefit or more of a distraction for distraction, players? Distraction, absolutely. Distraction, 100%, especially yeah. for this team. So this will not help them. Yeah, no. I feel like it's. I feel like any publicity is good publicity, but now you have cameras roaming around, and it has been said by previous players who have been um, – you know, a team that has been featured on Hard Knocks that yes. they do get pretty invasive. Those guys are pretty relentless in how they get their footage and how they go about things. And it could they say it could be fun. It's it's a great time, but we're talking about a team now that is completely different from the year before. Um, these this is a team that people have high expectations for, but at the same time, people think that they aren't going to perform as well as people think they will. And I think having Hard Knocks there, I feel like John Gruden is going to be a little bit frustrated. Um, but now we're going to see all those clips like John Dorsey had last year where. You know, him and, you know, Hugh Jackson and uh, John Dorsey in the same room discussing things and how they go about cutting players, how they go about signing players, and, you know, what moves they need to make, who's working the hardest. Uh, who do you think gets the most camera time out of everyone? Because Richie Incognito has been on Hard Knocks before. So this isn't his first go around. When he was with the Dolphins, they I'm did Hard Knocks get, there too. While he is an interesting, you know, target for the program, I'm, I'm going to say that they don't focus on Richie Incognito that much. And I say the, the camera's on Derek Carr a lot. Yeah, but but my reasoning for the whole incognito thing is that he's had a lot of uh, off the field issues as of late. Hundred percent. And yeah, it the, the 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 common theory is that it's attributed to his concussion issues and his you know potential CTE. Yeah. And I don't think the NFL wants that to be in the spotlight. I think they're going to try to steer away from showcasing. Uh, the insanity that is Richie Incognito. So I don't think we're actually going to get much of him. Do you think they pull what they did? Actually, it's a whole different scenario, but do you think they kind of implement what they did last year with the Browns where you're looking at a fourth-string fourth string tight end, a third-string defensive tackle, um, a Nate Orchard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They'll find. And, it's re- and they barely showed Baker Mayfield. Like, they did a little bit, and they showed a lot of Tyrod Taylor because he was going to be the starting quarterback, but... It was very on and off with those with the most important guys coming the, into this year. They're mo- mainly focusing players. on some backup players. They'll find their niche players that they can milk, uh, you know, funny little storylines out of. Because you, you know, at the end of the day, like if you're just showing practices, drills, meetings, you know, it's not going to be you know quality television. This is HBO we're talking about. Yeah, like they, they I, want they want to sew in all the little you know all the little aspects they can. They're going to find the the little known players and and find interesting storylines. I think them. we're going to see a lot of Renfro and Cleveland Farrell cuz Cleveland Farrell well yeah wasn't, wasn't really supposed to be taken where he was taken. At so people really overall, want to see what this guy's about. Yeah. Four overall, yeah. I think that was a huge people, reach. People expected Josh Allen to go huge around there. Huge reach. And uh, yeah, regardless, your first round pick is always going to be, you know, especially for hard knocks, you're going to be focusing on them. Yeah. It's it's not going to be uh it's not going to be as if they just sweep it under the rug. Yeah, but again, that should be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye out and watch some of that. If there's just going to be a ton of clips on Twitter, as there was last year. Let's talk about another big money extension here. So Vikings tight, uh, tight end Kyle Rudolph um, agreed to a four-year, $36 million contract. And so some of you may be thinking... They just paid Kirk Cousins a three-year, $84 million contract. All of it is guaranteed. What are they doing paying the guys that aren't getting much production? So they did end up paying Stephon Diggs. He's getting his money. They paid Adam Thielen not too long ago all that money. And now they're paying Kyle Rudolph. But before anyone gets, you know, riled up about this, it's a form. It clears out $4 million in the 2019 cap space for the Vikings. So it's a friendly contract to be with the team. And the team that needs that money. 100% because again they paid Xavier Rhodes too and a lot they let a lot of guys go this year. Um this is a team that's going to be in trouble in the next few years because that's guaranteed money to Kirk Cousins whether he performs or he doesn't he's getting that money. Financially, yeah. The, the way okay, the way I look at it there's two areas of thought to go about this. I think in one scenario, you know, it's a good idea to be paying Kyle Rudolph this money because, you know, Gronk has just retired. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, you know, those are the... Tight ends are hard to come Those by. are the premier tight ends in the league. And other than that, there aren't too many big names as far as tight ends go. You don't have many... So- a lot of the new guys are, are young. A lot of the, you know, tight ends that teams are using as their primary tight end target uh, are young, recently drafted the last couple of years. So the established ones, there aren't too many to go around as far as big name tight ends go. Kyle Rudolph is one of them. He's not, you know, flashy. He's nothing incredible but he's a he'll solid, get like two targets one of them in the end zone he's a solid big name tight end 
<clears throat> and those are hard to come by these days. So I think you could you could look at it and think, yeah, that's a, it's a worthy investment. <clears throat> the other way to look at it would be tight ends are becoming less and less implemented in these offenses, and it's not as important of a position to focus on. And so it's a mistake to be giving him this much money when you could be paying a new guy or a drafted guy far less and far less guaranteed. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Kevin. And we're the hosts of the Rinkside Podcast. We were annoyed by the lack of hockey coverage on local sports radio and decided that we were stupid enough to try and provide some ourselves. We have what we call the Rinkside Guarantee. We guarantee that the podcast you're currently listening to is better than ours. We are literally just two halves of one whole idiot trying to fumble through covering the Detroit Red Wings, the National Hockey League, and hockey in general. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Ringside Pod. And subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast providers. Every time you listen to our podcast, it brings us one step closer to our ultimate business goal of purchasing the Arizona Coyotes and then moving them to Detroit. What? Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Or just another commercial. We aren't the ones who make those choices. Tight ends are hard to come by. There's very few established you know, tight ends left. One of the most established tight ends in the NFL just retired. And how I know that tight ends are hard to come by, not just by the list of names, but because two tight ends in the first round this year in the draft, one of them in the eighth pick, I think, or ninth pick, if mm. I'm not mistaken, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Font, who are both on the same team, by the way, were taken in the first round. Iowa. from Out of Iowa. Yeah. So if that doesn't go and show you that – Tight ends are pretty hard to come by nowadays. That doesn't speak to Iowa's tight end team. Yeah. And that's a shame for the Lions because the fact that they drafted Eric Ebron in 2014, they eventually get rid of him. He goes to the Colts and misses one catch all year and makes his first Pro Bowl and have to end up drafting Hawkinson or like a top 10 pick in the draft coming into this year. That puts your team in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's and, not where you want to be. Yeah, and again, two tight ends were taken in the first round. So, again, that even puts into more perspective that tight ends are to come by. And if it's a, if it's a team-friendly contract that opens up some you know, cap room in the future, I think that'll help them a lot. But overall, I think the only, team that, the only thing the team needs to focus on is Kirk Cousins. Can you please perform in the next two years because that's guaranteed money. You already finessed the team, uh, but, but, you know... You're not just playing for some money. You've wanted that money ever since you were with the Redskins when you were, you know, franchise tag for two years. I think now's the time to really perform. So, yeah, yeah that's my thoughts on that. Um, so what we missed to talk about last week, and I really wanted to get into it now. Uh, before I do that, um, last bit of news that I got from Adam Schefter um, yesterday. 49ers kicker Robbie Gold still has not signed the franchise tag, thus he will not attend minicamp. We're talking about a kicker here that is holding out of minicamp for not getting his, um, you know, the. I guess he's looking for money. <laughs> he's he's a veteran. He's been on like ten teams already. Yeah. Um, he's he's really had some breakout seasons um, with, um, you know, the Niners. I, I consider him one of a, the top kickers in the league. Um, I think his goal is to be traded. I don't think he's looking for money here. This is a strategic. It's move. A, it's a strategic move to get traded. And a good team that he's already been on that's looking for a kicker is the Chicago Bears, who are still struggling and, and um, to find a kicker. Speaking of the Chicago Bears and kickers, uh, they have not signed the uh, the prospect kicker. I believe his first name isn't important, but I believe it's Chris. But his name's blew it, blew it. <laughs> yeah, they just cut him today. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And, and I, I was I was deeply saddened by this. I really wanted. A kicker with the last name blew it to kick a game-winning field goal in, in an NFL game. Now it's not happening. Apparently, I, I mentioned this a while ago. As apparently, far as we know. Yeah, there was a report that came out that apparently they had all kickers kick from that 43-yard line. Where Cody Parkey where missed. Where Cody Parkey missed. And two like, for ten? Two for it? eight, I think. Okay. And they did that again, and only like two of them made it again. Like in front, in front of alumni for the, for the Bears. Like they did that in front of them, yeah. and they still couldn't make it. So they're struggling. So I think Robbie Gold somehow finesses his way back to Chicago and if they do, that is the, still the team. It's been a while since he's been with them, I believe. Yeah, but that is still the team that I identify him with. Yeah, I know. When me I too. I think Robbie it's Gold. I think I'm like, Chicago. oh, he was with the Bears, and he was with the Giants for like a season, but nobody yeah. remembers that. No, no. You mostly remember the Bears, though. Um, do the Giants still have a Rojas? Yeah, Rosas. Rosas. Yeah, and he only missed one kick last year. I think 29 out of 30 or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do the beast. Better than uh, what we all have had for. Oh, yeah. 100%. Last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into the important yep. um, thing that I missed um, last week. Not sure how I did that. But the E. I almost mentioned the wrong team. Hold on. Jets. We're gi- are giving uh, former Eagles vice president of player personnel Joe Douglas a six-year deal to become their GM. Um, Adam Schefter also said Jets just would not take no as an answer from Joe Douglas. He tried to turn down the Jets each time, uh, he and each time he did, they came back at him harder and harder. Jets simply were not going to be denied in their efforts to land the former Eagles vice president of player personnel. So they pushed hard to get their GM. He's very widely liked around the league, I would say, especially by the Eagles. Yeah. And I bring him in as GM. Uh, I think it's a great move. And I, I like, I honestly give respect to the Jets here uh, for pushing so hard to get um, a GM. Um, you know, especially. You know, this it's kid, a bold it, move. It's a, it's a bold move. But the boldest move is them firing uh, Mike McCagden, like after, after the free draft. agency and after the draft. That was bold. I that, think. I don't agree. With I think that pushing at all. for a GM like him. Um, I think it was the best move, but again, he definitely should have been fired earlier. Uh, but now they have their guy. So what did what what did you think of that? And six years—that's a pretty decent amount of time. And again, that's a it's a regular GM job. Yeah. Six years sounds yeah, about right. It's just I, like the—it's th- not even the guy that stands out to me. It's the move. Yeah. But is there anything more em- embodying of that of that franchise than doing something like this? It's just so fitting. Honestly, there's a big question mark for me in the Jets. It's because so, so coming into, fitting. Yeah, I know. Coming into this year, I feel like it makes sense getting a whole new guy. Because, listen, you have Le'Veon Bell coming in. Yes. Sam Darnold's coming into the second year. And he did decently well yeah, no, on his last couple games. So he's going to be solid in his career. Um, You know, you're bringing C.J. Mosley as well. you got a lot of new guys here. You want to set a new narrative in a division that has been locked for years decades even yeah um they're really gonna have to make a difference here um and again getting a new getting a new gm at this point in time again they interviewed many many gms so they're really pushing that was like their top priority is to get a new gm um in the front office and they did uh adding gase is their new head coach can't forget about that who's a decent head coach he's didn't have his cards set correctly and he couldn't play his cards right because he was with miami who is a team that's known to be last in that division each and every year, <laughs> along with the Bills. Yeah. Uh, but now he's with the Jets, who can who, potentially have a secure second place who might in that I division. Add, uh, there was that whole report with Adam Gase uh, regarding Le'Veon Bell and him not wanting or not having wanted the Jets to sign Bell. Yeah. Um, which is just not a that, good way that, to start. Yeah, that was the thing that kind of made me iffy about this. And I'm glad they got their GM early because now all Le'Veon Bell really has to deal with Adam Gase is on the field. And off the field, you know, them and Joe Douglas will take care of each other. Because I, I know Joe Douglas is going to be like, oh, that's one of the best running backs in the league. But I feel like that's just so weird that Adam Gase came out and kind of made it seem as though he didn't deserve all that money, even though that wasn't the amount of money he wanted in the first place. Yeah. I think that was very weird. But according to Le'Veon Bell, who's been on multiple radio shows and on TV, has said that his relationship with Adam Gase hasn't changed. It's It's been fine. They talk to each other all the time. But everyone has to say that. Like, if you were if you were in that position, you would say it. If I was in that position, I would say it. It doesn't come as a surprise. But you know Le'Veon Bell probably has a chip on his shoulder coming in this year now because yeah, he's been he, out for a while. He, he hasn't touched the ball and. What two a season and a half now? Yeah, so he's gonna he's got a lot to prove coming to this year. Jets gonna be very interesting to watch. Uh, do you think this is gonna be one of those teams where they don't put together the team that everyone thinks they're gonna put together? No, I I, I have some hope for the Jets this year. They'll they'll have a solid second place in the division, I believe. <laughs> Isn't that weird that the major improvement that you made was to get second place? Well, yeah, but what can you expect? It's yeah. I think within within the next couple of years, the Patriots will finally slip out of first. But then again, we've been saying that for years. Yeah. Uh, realistically, Brady couldn't have that many more years left. But then again, you've been saying that for years. For years, yeah. You ever, you think you, you think they're on the decline agent every you're year? You're getting and that's not closer the case. and closer every year without ever actually hitting his retirement. It's like a it's like a limit. So speaking of GMs, yeah, Patriots are also looking for a brand new GM, and there was reports that came out again 
from Adam Schefter. The Patriots filed tampering charges Wednesday against the Houston Texans for the attempted general manager hire of Nick Cesario. Cesario. Uh, hmm. The NFL now is expected to gather relevant inf- um, informant to open its investigation against Houston per sources. So uh, I think I mentioned that wrong before. Um, the Texans yes. uh, are in pursuit of Nick Cesario for GM. For the GM um, that was mentioned before, Nick Cesario. Uh, so, yeah, tampering charges mm. in the NFL. That's bold. Yeah. But what else are you going to do? I feel yeah. like every team is looking to take a piece from the Patriots. You got well, Mike Vabrell in Tennessee. Matt Patricia finally leaves. Yeah. He goes to the Lions. McDaniels. Who uh, McDan- McDaniels, who ended up staying, highly sought after, uh, highly sought after coaching. Yeah, Josh he's McDaniels. not leaving. He's not. Yeah, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so he stayed there. Highly sought after, though. Almost left. Left for like a day, and then came back. And then he was like, uh, "Never nah. mind. Never mind." Yeah, never mind. I'm. I'm. A, H- I'm a how do you here. feel about uh, Belichick acting? As oh, and then Flores um, in Miami. Yeah. How do you feel about Belichick essentially acting as the defensive coordinator? I like as, that as well as the head. I coach. like that a lot because I think he did. He played somewhat of that role when he was with the Giants. I mean, not with the Giants. Uh, versing the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. One of those Super Bowls, I forgot. He acted as mostly the defensive coordinator again, so I kind of like it. Um, even though he's not the type of you know head coach to really sit back and yeah. watch what everyone else is doing, and they'll take care of this. I'll just be the head coach and really put this together. I'll be in touch with Tom Brady now. He knows exactly what his offense is going to put together, and Josh McDaniels is a guy you got to trust because he's been there for years. He's been with Tom Brady; they know each other. Now we can kind of act as the head coach slash offensive coordinator, but at the same time. Bill Belichick can still be the head coach, but now he's taking care of that defense. Yeah. And the defense each and every year who is ranked last, like in the first five weeks, somehow puts it together they by never, the postseason. They never have a solid September. I feel like now he's going to be on top of that. You know, I, I, I don't think they're going to come out um, too soft. But, again, Bill Belichick, is he's going to be on that 100%. So I, I like it. Yeah, it's a good move. Yeah, it's a good move. Uh, let's see what other moves they got here. I don't think I have much Anything else? else. Not really. Not that I know of. I don't want to miss anything because last week, literally by the time I ended the podcast, uh, like a couple minutes later, it's Car- the worst. Carson Wentz came out with that deal. And it like right after I turned off the microphones. So that was a shame. Um, yeah, man, I don't think I have much else. I'm going through everything now. I'm just going to double check everything just in case I had everything set up. But no, we should be good. One last check up here. Yep. And let's see. I think that should be it. Do you have any final thoughts of anything we said today? What was the best move? Do you think, in your opinion, and from from all these you know signings? Do you think Cam Jordan? Um, do you think Carson Wentz? Cam Jordan made the Kyle most Rudolph. sense. Um. But I I, th- I like what they're doing with Carson Wentz. You know he'll he'll be a good he'll be a good option to have them and to lock down that position for a good more few years. I definitely like that Carson Wentz signing. Cam Jordan, like you said, makes the most sense. But and, and any signing, usually there's baggage afterwards that you're like, oh yeah. maybe that was questionable. What to could do. have been? What co- yeah, that's maybe that's a little questionable. Maybe that's not too great for your team, as we mentioned with the Jaguars earlier in the episode. But those two guys. Deserve the money. Carson Wentz is still still very very young, and he's got he still has a lot to prove, and he's already proven a lot. And you give the money to those type of guys. So I have a last, a couple lasting questions for you. In an in an NFC East, you know, division, yeah. Carson Wentz is set to be the starting quarterback for the remainder of his career. Dak Prescott, they're looking to do that as well, and they just they didn't set a new market, I would say, but I think, you know, he's next guy up, and he may even get even get even more money if that's possible. Yeah. Um. Do you think Dak Prescott even remotely deserves the amount of money that Carson Wentz not, has not, gotten? Not close. I think he'll. I think he's deserving, and I think he'll end up getting extended. I don't think he'll get that amount of money. I don't think he'll get necessarily that much. He's guaranteed. aiming for thirty million a year, dude. I don't think he'll get it. I, Man, think, you the, know, you I know, think the Cowboys you know what, just because I okay. Maybe I should say I don't think he deserves it, but considering it's Jerry Jones, I was we're just going to say about, that Jerry Jones will give money. Yeah. To anyone. <laughs> they signed DeMarcus Lawrence first. Yeah. Even though he did, he needed that money, I thought they were going to be able to sign him. Like, they were going to keep him on the franchise tag, have him sign it, promise him a contract coming to, you know, 
you know, come into preseason and camp and everything. Right. But they pay him first. They paid him a boatload of money. And so I wouldn't expect anything less going into, you know, signing Dak Prescott. Yeah. But now I want to talk about another team. Okay. A very question, questionable last two teams. I want to talk about the Redskins first, then we'll round off with the Giants to conclude the episode. Redskins. Their quarterback situation is a little iffy as well. But they, they're not into contract negotiations like those other two teams are. So now they just signed a quarterback that the Jets, the Giants probably could have gotten, which is Dwayne Haskins. And they didn't. Instead, he went to the Redskins. And, you know, you got Alex Smith who's probably going to be out for this season. He's probably not going to yeah. play. They traded His for career Case, they could traded, very well be over. They traded for Case Keenum, and then again they drafted uh, Dwayne Haskins, who was a pretty solid excuse me, quarterback um, in the Big Ten with Ohio State, who's very really highly touted going to the draft. Because, again, it wasn't a quarterback draft whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But they take him anyway. Case Keenum is probably going to start the first couple games. Unless anything happens in camp, if he gets hurt, you know. Do you think he starts the first couple games and Dwayne Haskins gets some work in, or do you think they stick steady with Case Keenum going I think it's, it's, it's going to be kind of a similar situation to uh, the Terod Taylor-Baker Mayfield scenario from last year. I don't know, man. I feel like, John, I think he, I feel like I Jay think Gruden lasts quite a few games. I, I feel think, like Jay Gruden, his job is on the line coming to this year. Like he's on, he's on the hot seat, which means is. that... I think it's, you're being more cautious by using Case Keenum, which I think... Is, is more what Gruden's going to do. I feel, yeah, I feel like he's going to be cautious with him just because he's been in the league for a while and then he could run plays with him that he already knows. Dwayne Haskins, however, has ha, Dwayne Haskins, however, has to learn the playbook inside and out. And he just came out of college not too long ago. I think if Case Keenum ends up putting them at a below 500 um, record come midseason, I think they're just going to go throw Dwayne Haskins into the fire, which I think is exactly what they should be doing. Because yeah. I honestly think um, for division games, I think he's going to perform very well. Um, you got some defenses that are a little iffy, especially the Giants. Yeah. Um, I feel like the defense that is the most deadly, in my opinion, is the Redskins. That's his own team. So I, I, th- I think he's going to do just fine. And I don't think Case Keenum is going to be the guy all season. Again, Jay no, Gruden... Jay Gruden it's, it's a matter of when, not if, as far as Haskins coming in. Yeah, 100%. So, let's talk about the Giants last here. Let's see it. So, what's come out recently, uh, Pat Shermer has said to the media that, hey, listen, Eli is you know, going to be the starter coming into this year. Daniel Jones, however, because a lot of people keep asking since he was the number six pick in the draft, is he ever going to play this season? He said he's going to get ready to play, but... Eli Manning is no, our guy. No, we don't know what that means. Don't know what that means, but Pat Shermer is a little hard to read, and he has been like that ever since he first got hired in New York. He's been like that when he was in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame because he'd had, he's had some off-seasons with the Giants, and, you know, the one bright spot was that Saquon comes in, and, and he performs the way he should have performed. Blows away. Blows away everything, and that's that was a home-run pick. But the fact that it was a quarterback draft that they didn't take – any quarterback at all, it's hard to pass up on Saquon Barkley, and they took him, but he still performs the way he should have been performing. It's not like he came in and he had an underrated, uh, you know, you know, an under type season where he wasn't performing the numbers that people were expecting him to have. Instead, he does that and some. He's the offensive rookie of the year, which he deserved. Which he deserved, hundred percent. I I thought it was gonna go to Baker, but that's just because of the tendency of of them to give it to quarterbacks. Yeah, with that, and, with those types of award, but running backs again, like we mentioned before, their se- their careers are cut very short. Yeah, they take a lot of damage. And the way Saquon plays, the first guy that comes to hit him, he's not going down. So he's taking these wow. hits, right? He's Quarter- quarterback is the answer. And this year, they took a shot at Daniel Jones, and they think he's going to get along pretty well with Eli Manning. Yeah. Do you think at any point this year Daniel Jones goes into play? Whether it's week fifteen, sixteen, whether it's midseason. What happens here? I could see it, and interestingly enough, the reason I could see it dates back to uh, I think the season was 2016 when you uh, when the Giants had um, I almost said Pat McAfee, but uh, Ben McAdoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, don't remind me of that. Yeah, Ben McAdoo uh, benched Eli Manning, ending his streak for Geno Smith. For Geno Smith. Now. Considering that that streak... Not is, even Davis Webb, who yeah, was still better. the latest picked quarterback. So considering that that streak was, uh, is now over, um, and he doesn't have that to maintain, I think uh, Shermer 
nowadays is going to be less inclined to keep Manning in for the sake of that streak. You know, he'll be more open to uh, to putting in Daniel Jones and trying him out in different different scenarios. I, I, I don't think, you know, it's it's out of the question for him to play this year. I think you owe it to Giants fans <clears throat> to at least give us a look at who our potential guy is for the future because this is a six-round pick in the draft we're talking about. Yeah. So you're not going to just let Looks him go good. for anything. He's had a pretty good camp, dude. Yeah. And not going to lie, it's it's been shown. If I go to the very top here, uh, there was already a play, um, him of pretty solid accuracy. So. Oh, he does the crossover there. Scramble. So you can scramble. That's a good thing. Everyone wants to see their quarterback be able to run. Giants haven't had that in a while. That's Eli throwing. I think that was the. Oh no, that was Tanny or something. But um, it's a little delayed. So we're wrapping up here. I need to take this off. So I know what I'm saying. Um. Are you hearing delays too? I, I, can, I can hear it. Yeah, is it going to mess you up? No, it's fine. All right, because it's going to mess me up. So I took off my headphones here. But uh, to kind of wrap it up here, like I mentioned before, Giants fans, I feel like we really need to see this guy play in in the NFL. Because especially with all lot of question marks coming out of Duke, you know, people always people are mentioning that, yes, he was under the same, offense, uh, the same coach um, as Eli and Peyton Manning, yeah. But he's coming out of Duke. You can't really forget about that. Um, he's in the ACC, a division where he really didn't perform that well and where he should have performed pretty well. But again, there wasn't a lot of talent surrounding him. So there's a lot of question marks there. Um, I honestly really want to see him play, whether it's later in the season. I need to see this guy at least once. I think he'll play. I have to mention that Duke is definitely not known for producing quarterbacks. No. Um, Which is pretty... It's a concern. Yeah, definitely concerning as a Giants fan and as a, as the organization. I would imagine we see Daniel Jones on the field by week 10. By week 10. By week 10. That's interesting because actually I wouldn't disagree with that because I don't the Giants aren't going to be they're going if we're lucky we get third in the division. If we're lucky. Because the Redskins are looking Pretty solid coming into this year. They are, and the Eagles. And they were already solid last year with the pieces that they had with Cole McCoy backing up and, you know, even Mark Sanchez coming in and taking their spot. They weren't solid on offense, but they did have AP playing, and he's much older. Their but defense is still say, solid. They got Landon Collins now. Considering just the chaos of the NFC East as a division. I know, <laughs> it's, it's messing it's, you up? Yeah. That's no, why no, I need no, to take it off. I'll take it off. All right. Yeah. Considering the chaos of the NFC East as a division, you never know who's going to come out on top which year, you know, given. Um, I, I, I can see <laughs> it's, it's still like. <laughs> yeah, I heard East. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. Uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it out of the question for the Giants to pick up a wild card spot because it can in any wow. given. And not to say that they're going to do well in their division, but. In any given year, the, the entire division can amass a lot of wins in unexpected ways. It happened, I think, a year or so ago um, when going into the season, it looked like all the teams, and the, there wasn't any one good team in the division. It's kind of looking like that now. No team looks outstanding as, as far as in the entire conference Yeah, goes. for sure. But for whatever reason, they're all going to have decent to good records by the end of the season. They're going to send one division champion who's barely a division champion. I think they're going to have three teams, you know, or with 9 to 10, 11 wins, send potentially three of them to the playoffs. Because the NFC, I don't see there being too many strong teams this year outside of division champions that are given. You'll probably have the Seahawks come close. Uh, or the Niners out of that division. But aside from the NFC West, I don't really see um, many uh, wildcard teams showing up this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's kind of sum it all together. I, I just really hope. I really hope this pans out, dude. you got a really solid running back who is potentially going to be a Hall of Fame running back, just as of right now, like after that rookie season. <laughs> Like if you if you can give that impression off your first season, that's a I, pretty good sign. I I have, I have very good feelings about. Sam. And I I don't want to waste this guy's youth, man. I don't want no. him to be one of those running backs like Barry Sanders, for example, who has never won a championship but it still has that legacy. What yeah. was that? 
Yeah. 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 Short, I was gonna say short <laughs> yeah, career. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- short career, and also he didn't win a championship. So, and that's a guy who's in the top tier of running backs of all time. I don't want to see Sa- uh, Saquon Barkley be that guy. I hope he definitely makes yeah. it into the playoffs somewhat, sometime in his career, yeah. and even maybe even farther, maybe into a Super Bowl if, if we're lucky. So, I'd really hope Daniel Jones makes it through. Yeah. Enough Daniel Jones talk. I'm definitely gonna have a separate Daniel Jones episode after this is all said and done because I feel like we've sat in it, sat through enough. Especially once we see of more. What, yeah. Especially what we've seen in camp and what we're going to see preseason and sitting on it now since Giants hated that pick maybe we can really reevaluate it and I'll have a separate episode about that but we'll wrap up the show here um Matt thank you for coming first and foremost thank you you, you know yeah thanks for talking some football today um and also if you guys want to uh follow the Twitter and Instagram uh Instagram will be franchise tech sports we give you guys some updates um and some clips uh from previous episodes so make sure to go follow that it's at franchise tag sports again and on twitter at franchise tag pod we give you guys the latest um of what's going on around the league give you guys some updates uh per adam Schefter, per nfl my sports update and also um new no- uh, notifications when new episodes come out make sure to uh rate and review on apple podcast and make sure to subscribe to receive new episodes each and every week we're available everywhere else if you don't have apple Podcasts, such as spotify google play stitcher anywhere you can find your podcast um it would definitely support us a lot and we appreciate it um so to wrap it up there thank you guys for listening and one more thing almost forgot make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel at franchise tag um sports podcast um i put up some clips from each and every episode any strong points that we've talked about in this episode probably will possibly go up because we've been recording today as well Other than that, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.